Welcome to the Kings and Priests podcast. Hey, and welcome to the Kings and Priests podcast, where we are super passionate about empowering young professionals to make a difference in their church and in their worlds. Now, it's my great privilege to introduce episode number two's guest speaker. She's a great friend. She's a leader of leaders, and she actually gets really vulnerable in opening up about how she felt and how she experienced being made redundant from a church, which caused her to reassess the direction of her life at the age of 30. She also started a new business mid-COVID, which is actually committed in training tomorrow's church leaders today. Stace has been in vocational ministry for 11 years, runs her own business now, also lectures at CMC, which is INC's Bible College, while studies her master's in ministry leadership. So as you can tell, this conversation is going to be full of gold. I encourage you to listen to it two or three times. Take your time and go through this because she has so much to bring. So without taking up any more of your time, let's get stuck into this amazing conversation with Stacey Tarrant. Well, welcome to the podcast, Stacey. We are so excited to have you on. Um, for those who may not know much about yourself, uh, in a nutshell, tell us who Stacey Tarrant is. Yeah, cool. Well, firstly, thanks heaps for having me, Prash. I feel very honoured to get to be on this podcast. Uh, a little about me, um, born in New Zealand, uh, moved to Australia when I was 14, became a Christian, uh, started in vocational ministry at the age of 19. Um, and have basically been in vocational ministry up until this year, 2020. So, um, yeah, and was in March, was made redundant from the church that I was part of, which in essence now looking back in hindsight has been one of the best things that has happened to me um, because I suppose uh, that's what we're going to be talking about on the podcast and all that's happened since. So that is me in a tiny little nutshell. (laughs) Yeah, wow. And so 11 years of vocational ministry. Uh, To be honest, I have never heard of someone being made redundant through church. You are the first (laughs) person. How did that feel? Yeah, how did that feel for you? Uh. How did it feel at the moment? I think I had so much peace. I just knew that, you know, God God uses any any ways necessary to guide us and lead us. So I just really felt um, that was his leading and, and it was one door closed because he was going to open something else. And so I'm with you, Prash. I've never heard of anyone being made redundant. Uh, but if it was going to happen, it was going to happen to me. So um, I feel very blessed and honoured that it's happened the way it has because it has really catapulted me into what I just believe I'm called to do um, in the world and with my life. So at the time, I guess it felt pretty crappy, but now I'm like, wow, I'm so, so grateful. Yeah, and it's opened up this uh, this amazing door for yourself, but also for a lot of up-and-coming leaders, right? Tell us a little bit about Verve. So I am a proud student at Verve. <laughs> I wear it. I tell everyone about it. I live it. Tell us about that because... Like you said, you know, you didn't expect being made redundant, but through this trial, you've been able to really create something that is going to change lives for the for the better and also for eternity. So, yeah, tell us a little bit about what Verb is and uh, and what you do. Yeah, awesome. So, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. The way it came about was uh, I was made redundant and felt. God just invite me to ask the question, what do I want to do? Like I've got one life. I was turning 30 in 2020. So, you know, 
your your trial run, your rehearsal's kind of done as you're in your 20s and you're moving into your 30s. Like now it's getting serious. You better buckle up because you are living your life. Like you cannot go back and, and start to um, just pretend that, that you're not living your life anymore. Like I was in the thick of it and I was like, okay, this is it. Am I doing what I genuinely feel like I want to do with my life? So I felt God asking that question, Stace, what are you doing with your life? Is this what you want to do? So it was more just an invitation from God to reassess everything. Um, and then I felt God's permission to just do what I knew I was good at doing. God kind of said to me one day, hey, you're waiting on a pastor's permission to do what you know you're already called to do. And he said, I've given you all the permission you need. Stop waiting on somebody else to recognize your gifts and talents and just start to step into it. I'm the only mm. um, person that you need permission off of. So that was a real wake-up call. It's like, oh, my gosh, I've been waiting on the pastor. I've been waiting on the position. I've been waiting on the church to recognize these things uh, without recognizing God's given me these things. I just need to start to walk in them. So mm. that's where Verb was kind of birth. It was like, hey, what am I good at? What do I have opportunity to do? And what, where is there a great need? So those three things have collided for me um, with this thing called Verve, which is about training tomorrow's leaders. So what am I good at doing? I'm really good at training and teaching and equipping. What is their opportunity to do? I didn't see that there was a market for this. Like, I mean, sorry, I didn't see that other people were doing this. So there was a market for it. Um, and according to my experience, there was a great need in the church for development and training of younger leaders so I was just like all right I'm gonna bet on God here and just start it so in the middle of COVID I started a business I launched Verve and um, it's been growing steadily ever since so I'm really grateful for that but yeah it's about training tomorrow's leaders through short courses coaching resourcing all that stuff Wow. And we'll put a link in the bio, wherever this podcast can have a link, because we want to really equip anyone who's listening to this. It doesn't matter if you're a church leader, it doesn't matter if you're a, you know, a leader in the marketplace. There is uh, something that really is special in Verve, in the way that you teach space, in the way that it's created. And I think why it's so exciting that we have you on today's podcast, like you said, we are trying to create a place where we can flip the script. Kings and priests, it's not about the priest giving us permission. It's about the priest supporting those in the business world, those who are kings, who are making a living yet making a difference. And I think that uh, COVID really is uh, a catalyst. And it's, it's showing, it's like you said, it's showing us what we uh, need to really reset and what we need to put focus into. So that is awesome. What, what does leadership mean to you? Because you're obviously very passionate about it. Uh, what does it mean to you and, and why is it so important? Yeah, leadership, as John Maxwell says, everyone's heard it, leadership is simply influence. And so uh, we often think of leadership as, you know, a CEO or a sports coach or these really like rowdy masculine men. And, you know, so we don't really think that leadership is for everyone, but leadership is for everyone. And I, I'm, I say that to say this, that if there is anything amiss in the world or anything that is different from God's original design, then leadership is what is going to fill that gap in order to get it to be more according to God's mm. grand design, whether it be yeah. for culture or, um, you know, the, the natural world or relationships or technology or medicine, all these things, you know, leadership is, the, is what comes into that gap to move it towards uh, God's ultimate and grand and perfect design. So whether that's leadership in a family, you're moving your kids 
uh, towards God's grand design for them, whether that's the church moving the church towards God's plan for the church and plan for his bride, uh, whether that's medicine or education or you name it, whatever you're a part of, all of us are leaders because we're all called to influence something in order to make it more and more like what um, God has intended that space to be. Mm, That's great. Yourself being in vocational ministry for 11 years. Now, I'm all about getting vulnerable on this podcast, so I hope that you are because I'm going to ask some some deep questions and I really feel that when we come out of that point of vulnerability, that's where people get to meet God because they've probably gone through the exact same questions or gone through the exact same things, right? How did you manage the potential tension between working in a church and developing leaders through the church and then creating an external business to do the exact same thing? How did you manage that tension? Because I guess there's two trains of thought. You can continue being a part of the church while working in the, uh, in the world, in the marketplace, and you can still raise leaders and develop leaders. And what you've done is you've almost outsourced for a lot of people the ability to do that so that they almost don't have to. Now, how did you manage that tension? Yeah, great question. Uh, when we say church, I think it's important to, in everybody's mind, come away from the like the, the traditional view of church which we have as being a building and we think of you know when you say the word church we think of the building that we attend on a Sunday but that's not the case the church has always been the community of God's people so the people mm-hmm. that uh, choose to follow Jesus that that body of people is the church and so we've got to recognize first and foremost and and I don't like like sometimes I don't like this but first and foremost uh, the church is God's plan for the world. My business is not. So church is primary, my business and my ministry and my department and my passion and my vision for the world and my giftings, all of those have to be secondary. Uh, And I think what is difficult, Prash, is sometimes we get so stirred up and so fired up for the, the part that we feel called to play without realizing that we're called to play that part Uh, within the context of the church of God. Um, Mm. And so we've got to see the church is God's primary plan for the world, not our businesses, not our ministries, not our vision, not our departments. Uh, So we've got to allow all these secondary things, including verb, to now play a part of raising up and supporting the local church. So Mm. if that means that you make a whole lot of money, a whole lot of cash in your business, well, the Bible would say that that is for the benefit of the bride of Christ obviously through tithes and and generous offerings. Um, Now, for me, the part that that plays is I want to raise up leaders, Christian leaders, to support the church and to lead the church and to guide it into fruitfulness and flourishing. So um, I think we've got to recognize that our gifts are to serve the church. Now, Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that I've got to hold a door on a Sunday because my gifts are far greater than that and um, span just a, a little bit more than, than attendance on a Sunday. We've got to recognize that it should point back to God's ultimate plan and mission for the world, which is going to happen through the church. Mm. So I don't think they can be separate. I do believe that the church is God's um, plan A to save the world. And, and so somehow our businesses and our passions and our giftings and our ministries ought to now come and support and strengthen what God is doing through the church in the world. That's so good. And that's so apparent right now. I've spoken to many uh, young people who almost feel this unsaid guilt after doing 60 hours in, in building their business and then coming to Sunday and feeling quite fatigued and feeling as if they had to still give something to making a, a service or an event run on the Sunday. And 
through a couple of things that we've done recently and through just, I guess it's almost relearning, isn't it? And it's through this reset button that God's hitting on the church. They've almost had a sigh of relief across the whole demographic of young professionals who are working yet are still in church. And for them, it really felt as if I do need to stand on a door or I do need to do something. I might not be good at it, but I need to do something. And now they're starting to see, no, actually, God's actually called me to where I am right now. And that might be as a, a business owner, that might be as an entrepreneur, that might be as an artist. And, and that right there is my calling to the church. And now it's just how that connects to the body of Christ, like you said so mm. well. Now, that's really what's going to serve Christ and that's really what's going to build and edify and encourage people because, like you said, the church is the ecclesia, it's the gathering of people. Um, I love that. So for those in leadership themselves, those who have the opportunity to develop leaders, uh, where's the best place for them to start? Yeah, that's, that's another great question. And I want to preface my answer by saying that we are all called to develop leaders because, as, you know, if you're a Christian or not, if you're a Christian, you are called uh, to the Great Commission, which is to uh, teach and preach and evangelize the world. So we're, we're called to influence the world in that way. Um, but even if you're not a Christian, you, we are still called and we sense this responsibility to raise up other people around us, to stand on our shoulders, that, that their ground would be our ceiling and, and so forth. And so we're all called to leadership development. If we really want to influence the world, then it, then it has to go beyond us. It can't mm. stop with us and we've got to empower and raise up other people uh, to also take on that responsibility of influencing the world. Um, so the, when I was at New Spring, I worked in a, a church in America for four years and they're very gifted in leadership development. I would say it's something they were anointed by God to do and it was something they were excellent at. And so uh, what I learned through through my friends there is a really basic leadership development model, which I think it can be applied in the home. So mums and dads can use this to raise up their kids to in leadership to develop their, their children as leaders in the world. Uh, this can be used in ministry setting. This can be used in business setting, in a sports setting, you name it. Like this model can be used anywhere and it's mm. four steps, super simple. Identify potential. So recognize potential, leadership potential on those around you. That means mums calling out the leadership potential of their six-year-old. Uh, that means pastors calling out the leadership potential of those that just sit in seats on Sunday and know that they're called for so much more. Uh, that means sports coaches or captains of football teams calling out the potential on those around them. So first step, identify potential. Uh, second step, we need to give responsibility. Now, that means that we delegate authority, not tasks, because mm. so often, Prashen, we've talked about this before, so often leaders will delegate tasks and say, mm. hey, can you do this? Yeah. Rather than, hey, I'm giving you free reign over this entire area. You've got authority. This is yours. So identify potential. Give responsibility by delegating authority and not task. Uh, and then thirdly, provide feedback. Man, there's got to be a feedback loop. People need mm. to know how they're doing. Otherwise, we are not giving them the opportunity to get better at it. And in Australian culture, we're pretty bad at this. If someone doesn't do a good job, we just cut them off and we stop talking <laughs> to them, right? <laughs> we're like, well, they're done. They had one opportunity and they, they you know, didn't do well. And so we're not going to give them a second opportunity. Rather than to recognize, no, the growth comes through feedback. Uh, and so that's the third step. And then fourth step, repeat. So super easy. Identify potential, give responsibility, provide feedback and repeat. 
And I've been brought into the slipstream of that framework for four mm. years at New Spring and just felt like my leadership went to a whole nother level because people identified potential in me, gave me responsibility to do stuff. And now I failed along the way, but they gave me feedback every step of the way. Uh, and then they just repeated that for four years. So we've got to be committed to that model of leadership development in every space we're in. That's so good. We could just hit end on this podcast right now and take away <laughs> those three things. Now, what if what if someone who is working under a leader isn't able to make those types of decisions? So isn't able to identify someone per se, um, isn't able to uh, provide responsibility or feedback. How can they make a difference when it may seem as they don't have, maybe have the control to do so? Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and I would say they always have that opportunity. Even if they're not the leader, they always have opportunity to identify people or identify potential in people. Uh, they always have opportunity to give responsibility. They always have opportunity to provide feedback. Um, even if, you know, we're talking, say, in a ministry setting. Uh, okay, so you don't have the opportunity to make all the calls about the Sunday service, but what you do have is to influence the interns that are coming or to influence the parents that are picking their kids up on a Friday night, or to influence the people in your life group. Like we always have opportunity. And so I think in answering your question, Prash, I would say we need to not be so concerned with what we're not leading, but we need to recognize what we do have influence over and to make and to maximize those opportunities. Because ultimately, and there's a book um, by John Maxwell talking about the five levels of leadership. Um, the lowest level of leadership is positional leadership. That's the mm. lowest level. And yet mm. that is the level that we all get stuck on and hung up on. We think, yeah. oh, because I don't have the position, now my hands are tied to lead. Well, according to Mr. Maxwell, that is the lowest position of leadership. Wow. Uh, and so if you want, go read that book. It's, it's a good one. But I think we need to not revert to position and think that that equates to our leadership, but to recognize, no, that's just the, that's just the starting point. There are so many more accesses and avenues to leadership that we can use um, that don't require a position. And, and so we need to recognize we are, wherever we go, we are creating culture. We are influencing people, whether it's upwards, downwards, sideways, side, sideways, we are influencing people and we are called to lead in, in every sphere. That's awesome. And a lot of the times when people ask uh, me that question, I say, well, what about your own self-leadership? You know, have you identified places in your own life where you need uh, to potentially grow? Have you been able to stick to your own responsibilities? Mm. Do you keep track of what you're doing to provide feedback from an outside point of view? Because, and I know this is something you would agree on, if you can't lead yourself, you can't lead other people. Yeah. So may maybe you're stuck in a... Uh, in, a, in a work situation or a church situation or even in a team that you can really easily pick and critique the leadership's faults and you might feel like you can't change that. Well, why not start with looking at how you can change your own perception of what that leader is doing? Why not start by right. changing your own leadership? No, yeah, that's you're so spot on because ultimately there's a reason why they're in that position and not you. And so I think that's quite a humbling thought to recognize, okay, I have all these ideas. I think um, you know, I could do it better than them, but there is a reason why they're in that position and not me. And so self-evaluating and recognizing, okay, what is it about my life that's preventing me from being in a position of leadership like that? And then really going hard after those things, I think is a really good and humbling question to ask. And um, this week, one of my friends, Brad Cooper, a pastor in, in, at New Spring Church posted on Instagram, he said, 
Uh, discipline is the greatest gift that the leader can give to themselves. And I think that's so brilliant. It's not, it's not, okay, I can point and find out all these other things and other people, but no, me being disciplined, me waking up early, me having quality prayer time, me exercising, me being careful with what I eat, me being careful with the words that I say and what I do on the weekend, all these things, discipline is the greatest gift I can give myself as a leader. Uh, mm. So I think you're spot on in saying self-evaluate and self-lead is the way that we're going to increase our influence in the world. Yeah, wow. Well, we're going to do a quick fire round. Here's some questions that are going to come at you quickly. Uh, What does keeping the Sabbath look like for you? Oh, man, sleeping in. (laughs) No, it means, it means, you know, Sunday every week, I kind of just slow down enough. I get off Instagram. I I think the key for me is to intentionally be bored. That is my key for Sabbath. Intentionally bore myself. That is the point allowing your soul time to catch up to the rest of yourself i think is the key there so it's about me being bored maybe sitting under a big tree at the park and just laying there and not thinking about anything not taking a book not reading a podcast but just being bored i think is the key to my sabbaths next question what is one resource that has helped you in your work that you can recommend to our listeners gosh okay so I'm going to say two. I know you said one, but two, because they're so, they're so important. These two books have changed my life. So first one, um, which is more around work would be Tim Keller's book, uh, Every Good Endeavor. Now, brilliant book. If you're not in vocational ministry, read this book because Tim Keller will give you such a high view and, and just such a, um, eye opening view of your role in the world and how you do get to serve the church in your gifts. Uh, and then secondly, John Mark Comer, we can't go past his book. I know it's not about work, but it's about rest. But The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry is the best book I've ever read. Wow. <laughs> when you were starting out in the workforce, what was one bit of advice that was told to you that has stuck with you and still stays true for you? Oh, that's awesome. Um one thing that, so I did a personal training course by accident. Let's not, <laughs> let's not go into that. But uh, something that one of the, the directors said has stuck with me. She says, um, if you're going to be on time, you're late. And if you're late, don't bother coming. Now, I wouldn't hold to that because wow. I know there are reasons why people are often late, um, emergencies or whatever, or traffic. So please still rock up even if you are late for a good reason. <laughs> but that stuck with me. If you're on time, you're late. Like leaders are early to things. And I've right. never forgotten that. Like we need to bring our best, which means we are there 10 minutes to ready to go, waiting for the meeting to start or waiting for... The, the coffee or whatever it is, like we're there early. So leaders always arrive early. So if you're on time, you're late. And that's just something that's always stuck with me. That is so good. And before we wrap up, Stace, where can people find you? Yeah, awesome. So I'm personally on social media, Stacey.Tarrant, but also Verve. Now, Verve means like vigor and excitement and energy, but the way I've spelled it doesn't have an E. So it's leadership, and that's on Instagram or also it's, if you Google it, Verb Leadership, it'll pop up. So yeah, we'd love to hear from people. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Stace, for being a part of something that we really believe is going to influence and amplify the influence of so many people in their church, in their workplace. Thank you for your time. And we really appreciate what you've brought to us today. Thanks so much for having me, Prash. It's been a real honor. Well, what a great conversation that was. And I'm sure you would agree with me that the leadership development model that Stace was talking about in 
identifying potential, giving responsibility, providing feedback and repeating is a great and scalable model that you can use in your workplace or in your church in developing leaders who can make just as much of a difference as you are making today. Thank you so much for joining us today. As usual, if you enjoyed this episode, why don't you share this? Why don't you like it? Why don't you post this on your social media feed? We love that we get to do this for you, but we can't do this without you. Your support means so much to me and so does your feedback. So you can give us some feedback. You can ask some questions if you head to our website at kingsandpriest.com.au. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram. I would love to hear from you and how I can make this work better for you. So until next time, don't forget that you are exactly where you're meant to be. So keep being the kings and priests of our world.